It's the Kevin Power Podcast Hour. We're gonna hang out and talk about sports. It's the Kevin Power Podcast Hour. You can listen at home in your favorite shorts. It's the Kevin Power Podcast Hour. Behind the scenes on your favorite teams. It's the Kevin Power Podcast Hour. Talking about the games and everything in between. This is not a representation that the show will be one hour long. Hello, this is Kevin Power of the Kevin Power Podcast Hour, and you're tuning in for part two of my interview with Golf Channel Morning Drive's Matt Janella. If you missed part one, we talked about Matt having a drive hit out of his mouth by former long drive champion Tim Burke, which rules should be changed, match play, and the Ryder Cup. Coming up in, up in part two, we covered Tiger's return to the game, what a great year of golf 2016 was. And Matt tells me how golf courses are like restaurants. Hope you enjoy. So let's talk about uh, what nobody's talking about is uh, Tiger Woods. What was your opinion on his little stint last week? Uh, awesome. Great. Great for golf. Um, great. Great for everything. Um, and I think, you know, and I said this, I, I tweeted it, but, you know, the only person that he has to prove anything to is himself. And that that's what, he, you know, him going out and, you know, having a bogey-free, you know, what was he, seven under, that, I mean, that that's a little, you know, that, that had to go a long way into telling him, even on a, you know, easy golf course and all that, that I would imagine psychologically that's a, that's a, that's a big step in the right direction. And now it's just a question of physical. Can he stay healthy and want to see yeah, I, I think I need a change of pants after the uh, second round. But um, he was uh, definitely Tiger-esque at one point. And, and, and all that all that it's going to take is a four-day extension of that little flash and at a course where he's very comfortable and has a lot of confidence. And all of a sudden, we're talking about more wins. And whether they're tournaments or majors, it's just going to... Okay, that, that's interesting. I, I don't see that because like, I always thought as Phil as always hot and cold and Tiger is either being hot as lava or cold as ice. You know what I mean? Like there's there's no real in-between. So that's an interesting call. Like I, I wouldn't think of him as like a Phil type of guy that kind of pops up here and there on random tournaments. I, I don't see that, but that's an interesting call. It seemed like to me that he just needs more uh, more reps, like he likes to say, and get his glutes activated. But uh, 
I just, I think he just started, I mean, he double bogeyed the 18th hole three out of the four days. So, like, you could tell he was getting tired. I think if he gets a little bit more torments under his belt, he might, I mean, I was, I was with Dameron. He, Dameron said he was never going to come back, never going to tee it up. So, like, I, I was almost with him that, like, I thought he had the yips and it was over. And I, he I've proved never, a lot. I've never, I've never, I've never been in that camp. I've always felt like he can get healthy, he'll be back. Dude, the no, yips. He, no, but he had the yips. And the, and if you ever had the yips, the yips are not are hard to come back from. I, I Okay, okay. I totally agree. He's Tiger Woods. Okay, so, I, you know, if, if Ernie L, Bill Mickelson, DJ Singh, Darren Clark, Davis Fall, Patty Harrington, all these guys can muster up a win in their 40s. Um, Tiger and Davis Love in his 50s. And by the way, Tom Watson almost won an Open Championship when he was 59. If they can all, you know, muster up stretches of uh, of magic again for four rounds in their 40s, like, well, why can't you know, why can't Tiger Woods, like arguably the greatest player of all time, do something similar? Similar, I mean, he's not, you know, he's Tiger Woods. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I, I really think that he's going to do that. I think, I hope he wasn't just lying to himself on Charlie Rose that he's going to win 19 or 20 majors. I, that would love, I would love for that to happen, but I think he's going to do one or two more Augusta because it's just like, he's meant for it. It, it, it. Like he knows that course, like I know Spring Lake, like I know my home course, you know, like, so he just and knows like you know. Guys win there, and he guys win there later in their careers. It's not necessarily a golf course where young guys just go out and sort of, you know, it's not really a course you can overpower. I mean, I think Bubba Watson hasn't, it's, he got lucky on that, that 13th hole, but where he got wedged in because it did that hike to happen to get it through the trees, but, they're going to address that too. I, it's just not a course you overpower. Um, Tiger, I guess, did it. And he said it. There was one guy who kind of did it. Then they, they made sure that sort of didn't happen again, I guess. But, you know, I, if he wins one more major, if he just wins one more major, the world, social golf world will explode. Yeah, no, I agree. But I, I wish that. Um Tiger would kind of just hit three wood a little bit more, just hit that singer a little bit more, and just accept the fact that he's going to be hitting first. But like, but he's he's got that ego that he's going to hurt himself again. If he can just come back and just just hit that little stinger, and you'll be fine, Tiger. You're you're still the best. Everybody's still intimidated by you. You're here. Just hit it two eighty, hit it two ninety. You'll be fine. Well, I, I just I don't think they're intimidated by him. I don't, I just, I don't. That, that won't last long. <laughs> Gee, that will not last long. <laughs> just, we'll see. We'll see. I don't think so. I think he might end up bringing out the best in a lot of these guys. I don't, I don't, I think, don't, don't, don't discredit what is the Tiger generation. Don't, don't discount them or don't underestimate them. Because I, I, here's, here's my, you know, this is not even necessarily my philosophy. I'll just tell you that. When Tiger came along, he was an anomaly. He was someone who had sort of a better mindset, a more committed focus on sort of a long-term goal and, you know, significant impact on the game, you know, 
globally. Okay, they, he, 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 that was, he was different than the rest. And what he has inspired is that whole generation of people, players, who may not be as gifted and may not end up being as successful, but they are the same type of mentality about the game. So he's competing against basically himself in his mental prime. And so for you to say that, oh, no, no, that, that's not going to last, do you think they, they, they have not ever brushed up against what was Tiger's dominance? They don't even know what it is. They saw it, but they didn't feel it like the other guys did. They didn't hear it. So I, I disagree. I think, I think Rory, that, I think what Tiger would do is end up bringing out the best in guys like Rory and guys like Jordan and guys like Ricky. These guys, these guys, they're, they're, they're comfortable in those, in those slots. Jason Day, are you kidding me? Being intimidated? I don't think so. I don't care how old Jordan was. You don't think Kobe was intimidated looking into his eyes? Not only that, Kevin, but he's, he's like friends with all these guys. These guys... I know, but still. But still, I know he's friends. I know they're friends. Once they get in between the ropes, it's a different story. I, I just hope to see the old Tiger that say, like, I, we were friends right before the, you know, the tip-off. Let's go. And that could happen. Like, that's what I'm rooting for. I mean, you could be right that, that they're not intimidated at all. So, yeah, more to the point, back to your original question, you know, Tiger playing and competing is an amazing thing for golf, especially given where golf is, which is not necessarily in a, golf is not in a bad place, by the way. We just had a pretty good year, you know, with Olympics and that open championship with the Ryder Cup. Look at the fun we just coming off of. Right, Dustin Johnson at Oakmont. What is amazing? Uh, the the rules thing at Oakmont really hurt it. Back on top of all that is just bonus. Yeah, no, I I I agree. But the rules thing at Oakmont really took away from Dustin Johnson's victory. So that was pathetic. Oh no! Well, it, it almost did. But Dustin Johnson saved the day by winning. He did the everything. You know how relieved the USGA is. <laughs> I gotta give I gotta give Fox so much credit for being like this is ridiculous. It had to be Zinger and being like, you know what? Screw this. This is wrong. You know, like he doesn't know. Like you, you let him go four holes without knowing what the hell is going on. Are you kidding me? This is a U.S. Open. This is ridiculous. Well, I, I, yes, I agree, Kevin, and I do give him credit. But what else could you say? It was ridiculous. What else could you possibly say? I mean, other people that just got into a 15-year partnership for a billion dollars, it's not the easiest thing I, I to, to do that. I get it, but what yeah. else? I, and I said it, you know, I give credit, but at the end of the day, what else could you say? It was, it was terrible. Yeah, totally. And, and yeah, they need, like we said, we need, they need to change some of these rules. And, and I'm a big thing on, um, like, short courses. Did you see this new short course in Arizona? So what do you think about, like, six-hole type of courses? Do you think that'll help? Like a well-maintained, like, yeah, like, because my whole thing is, I've talked to you about this. If you if you go out and play 18 holes, you play six holes, you play three holes. If you hit two pure shots, you had a good day, right? For most people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it takes, you still could have played well, but if you hit two shots on the screws. I don't want to interrupt you, but you're preaching to the choir. I'm 
really that my whole thing is short courses. I, I don't think you can build I don't think we can build enough short courses and it might mean that we continue to lose four eighteen whole courses, but I don't I don't I don't get where people kids say, Oh, you know, golf is dying, look there's a golf course that just uh, you know, went out of business. Hey, they're not all gonna make it. They're not all going to make it because they're in competition. And if they're getting less rounds or their business model doesn't work, then then maybe they should go out of business so that the healthy golf courses that are doing it right just get more business and get and get even better. That you know that let's let people make decisions. It's a restaurant. A golf course is a restaurant. Okay, and in some cases there's a row of restaurants. Well, not every restaurant's going to make it. Does it mean people are not eating? No, it means they're flocking to the restaurants that make more sense, that are, suit their needs, that have better service and better food. This great land of supply that we have of golf courses in America, the, the, the people are picking which restaurant to go to. That's all. And the information's out. And the good ones get celebrated and glorified, and they, and they get you know passed around, and the bad ones are not going to make it. That's okay. And if that means there's more opportunity for things like top golf and short courses, uh, uh, anything other than traditional putting courses, great. That's it. Matty, you make a great point there. Old Orchard, okay, is a course that I play a lot. Um, it's, it's a tilling house design. All right? It is money. But they, no, it's money architecturally. Like, you would think it's beautiful at its core, okay? But they, they advertise on local television. And their advertising is great. It's the greatest local advertising you'll ever see. And the course is in the worst shape ever. And I want to be like, what are you doing? Like, this course is a gem that's going to be... It's going to be uh, uh, houses very soon because you're too busy advertising on TV. Worry about the maintenance of the course and making it look decent because this course was... Amazing at one point, and you're doing it the way wrong way. Am I wrong? I totally agree. You've got the, the, the best marketing you can have is a good golf course in good condition with good service and a vibe that makes sense to your clientele. Uh, you know that 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 is all the marketing you need because word of mouth in golf is very powerful. People send people to places that make sense. We don't send it, you know, I've spent my whole career is trying to make sure that when people do decide to play the game, that they're going to get their money's worth. And, and whatever that money is, and whatever that price is, what I'm trying to do is help people understand what is relative value amongst the competition. That's all. And when I leave a place, I, I have a, a, you know, all, I just trust my instincts on sort of that is worth talking about. It was a good experience. It was playable golf. It was walkable. It was good service. The conditions were good. And it's, a, and it's and, and relatively speaking, knowing what I know about other golf courses at $65 or $165 or $265, that makes sense, whatever the price point is. And I, and I try to celebrate that. If they're wrong, I don't say anything about them because that is doing more damage to them than saying something wrong. Saying something bad about a golf course is, is I can't make a career out of that. People want to know where to go, where not to go. And um, at the end of the day, I'm just celebrating that people are doing it right. 
and you know it when you walk in it. Like you, you know when you leave that golf course and you think to yourself, this is in horrible shape. I can't come back here. I wish I could come back. It could be great. That word of mouth spread and that place is going to it's a shame because I mean you're 100 percent right. I've never ever played a golf course after seeing a commercial for it and being like, I'm gonna go play that golf course. It's only been from your recommendation, somebody's recommendation, a friend of mine's recommendation, blah blah blah. They have great greens, they break this, they break that. It's never been from an advertisement in a paper or online or anywhere. It's got a golf course. A golf course has to have a great chef, back to the restaurant analogy, and great, and great management. I mean, it's, you can't have one or the other. You can't. It, it's a great chef can't be great if he doesn't have a good sort of infrastructure around him. Uh, you know, a location that makes sense. You know, a service that makes sense. And and but the same thing goes for the service. And if you can't have great a great restaurant without great food, you can't have great service at a place where no one's being served. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you got to have both working together. And at a golf course, you've got to have golf. You've got to have golf. Everything else is fun. And that's what I appreciate about Mike Kaiser is he gets, he stays focused on what really is important, the experience of golf. And then everything, and then it becomes a hang. If that works, it becomes popular, it becomes a hang. And when it becomes a hang, everybody wants to go there because it feels like you're a part of something that works. Have you ever gone to Coronado, the little uh, golf course in San Diego? Yep. $35. They do 110,000 rounds a year because when you go and leave it, it's like everything makes sense. It's, a, it's good value, good golf, walkable golf. Everybody's playing with everybody. And, and it's good five to the first two moments all about that golf experience. And it's, the, the clubhouse is real simple. You get really good, you know, affordable food. And you're, you get a couple of views of the San Diego Bay, you're out. And it's brilliant. And I think to myself, why, if I'm a golf course owner and I'm at their, you know, sort of level, I would fly there and say, what are they doing that we're not doing? How can we do this better? Because the, the courses that are, how many courses in America are doing over 100,000 rounds? Maybe you can count on one hand. And if, why wouldn't you go there and find out and, and pick the brain of everybody running those courses and say, how, what, how, what are you doing? What do you have that I don't have? It might be something you never have. I don't know. But you've got to also look around and look at yourself in the mirror and say, are we giving a good service? Are we giving a good experience for people who are coming here to pay to play the game? And if the answer is no, you've got to make changes. I think some, I don't know what it is, but like, some people just don't realize if you have good tees, you have good edges around the bunkers, you have decent fairways, you have at least a cut, different, slightly different cuts, decent, you know, like the traps are somewhat like negotiable. You know, it's not brain surgery. You have to, you can get off the tee without hitting a, a tree branch in front of you. Little things like that, some people just don't have an eye for the game. You know, that they don't realize that maybe. And they're just like, this is a moneymaker, and just, here it is. I just came back from Tory Pines North. We just did a story uh, on Morning Drive uh, on the changes that Tom Weisskopf did to the North Course, which gets 85,000 rounds a year. What's, and, this, what's the South get? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's 200. probably... No, no, the South, no. No, no, no. I, really? I think it probably ends up getting less than the North 
Oh, really? Oh, I thought everybody wants to play the South because the South is the main, you know, U.S. Open, you know? Yeah, but it's, I think they probably, you know, there's more events there, it's more expensive, it's a lot harder of a golf course, so I, I don't know. It's a good question. I actually didn't ask that. Uh, no, but uh, North, North is great anyway. But, but, Either way, sorry. Weisskopf uh, went in there and, uh, you know, I've been touched in, you know, over 50 years. Billy Bell designed and he said, he said, hey, you know, they updated it. They made the greens 30% bigger. The fairways, uh, you know, a few feet wider. They made uh, the, the undulations in some of the greens a lot less severe. They widened tee boxes. They uh, they eliminated about twenty bunkers and uh, made a drivable par four. I mean, everything Weisskopf did, and, and and he says in the piece is is paid attention to the idea that the changes he was making was for the eighty five thousand people who pay to play the game, and not the you know couple hundred pros, a hundred pros that come through there once a year to play that golf course one day. They play the North one day. So why make changes for the pros, make changes for the amateurs, and just, you know, throw the rough out or speed up the greens for the pros. But, you know, they're only playing it one time. And I think that's really smart. And I think more, more, more courses should do something similar if they haven't already. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. But, but also... The ego on us wants to play the same course that the tour players play, you know? Yeah, 